feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Many Americans are struggling to make ends meet. Just came out a little bit ago that President Biden is, I guess you could just say it, buying more votes, just like he did with the student loan issue, where suddenly he waved a magic finger. And even though, if you look at everything, remember the Supreme Court said he didn't have the authority to do that and waive those student loan payments, then he's been doing it piecemeal. And millions upon millions of young people who typically vote Democratic are now suddenly getting their loans forgiven, despite the Supreme Court telling President Biden he can't do that. But he's still just doing it anyway and basically thumbing his nose at the Supreme Court. And now, just a few hours ago, the president has done an order that he signed that delivers the biggest increase to U.S. government workers since the Carter administration, which was a long time ago, guys. So much higher than last year's increase, he is doing a salary hike for federal civilian workers, which is close to 2.2 million people. That is one of the biggest cost increases, hike pays, hike in pays in American history. 5.2%, which is a good size raise in this climate. Very interesting that that's happening. What a surprise. Could it be because there's an election year that suddenly he's going to forgive those student loans, young workers, mostly a lot of federal government workers, for the most part, are probably Democrats. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them. So, Here he is buying the votes again right before Election Day at a time where money is so tight, fears of inflation, fears of increased tax hikes, fears of a possible recession. I mean, you never know. This is not a good time. And yet, because he knows those are people who would likely vote Democrat, somehow those are the people who seem to be benefiting the most. Isn't that a coincidence? Wow, wow, wow. Meantime, somebody who can't get a chance to meet with President Biden is Mayor Eric Adams of New York. It just came out tonight that he has been, of course, trying for quite a bit to get a hold of President Biden to meet with him about the thousands of migrants that are coming and overwhelming New York City now it's about 130 to 150,000 that have come to New York City just in the last year or two alone. But for some reason, Biden isn't available. He keeps trying to meet with them. And he even said, quote, to reporters today, this is Mayor Eric Adams, it baffles me. I have to keep hammering away at this. And I'm really, uh, really pleased that we're now getting a chorus of other cities that are joining him. But he said that coalition is going to continue because these cities deserve better. And I'm glad that he's sounding the alarm. But it's very interesting that somehow President Biden just isn't able to fit in his schedule 
to meet with the mayor of New York. I mean, that is incredible. The mayor of New York, of you know, the biggest city with a huge issue with the illegal migrants that President Biden created, but somehow he just can't find time to meet with Mayor Eric Adams. And then remember the last time he was going down to meet with him. Well, what a surprise. They go and raid the home of his fundraiser. So, and there's a lot of questions here on the way that these things have been handled. And where are the other Democrats saying, close the border immediately, Mr. President? I'm glad that at least Mayor Eric Adams is saying those words uh, because it's so bad. He should have said it to begin with and not made a campaign promise to say, come one, come all. But I'm glad that he is sounding the alarm and more cities need to do it because we truly are at a crisis point. And Chicago is so bad that now they're rerouting people. The mayor has said that we're just going to reroute them. We're trying to do what we can, but we're also going to reroute them. It's so bad that the mayor there, who's to the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot, I mean, he is much more progressive than Larry Lightfoot, who is the former mayor there. And yet he is saying we're going to start putting them on flights to different cities and just get them out because we can't we can't handle them in Chicago. There is, quote, no more room at the end there. Meantime, Mayor Eric Adams is also talking about these protesters that are taking place because, boy, did they try to be a Grinch at Christmas protesting outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral right after Midnight Mass. I'd like to have a nice, quiet Midnight Mass and think about peace in the world, which is what I was doing. And as soon as I walk out, I see all these protesters there with, like, ketchup, the fake blood, screaming, you know, Jews and genocide and everything else. And it wasn't the only place. They disrupted uh, affairs at Grand Central, Penn Station, Port Authority. They were all over the place. And they also started swinging at cops near Rockefeller Center. I mean, this is just nuts. There is no, it seems like there's no modicum with these people. They just do not care. It's either their way or no way. And also in other parts of the world, they were protesting. They were protesting in London. They protested, by the way, also in our country, on the West Coast in Los Angeles. And then let's go a lot further away in Australia there was actually a very powerful event for blind kids raising money for Christmas. And what did they do? They, like, overtook the stage, started shouting, and they made it onto Australian national television and were screaming Jews for genocide. You know, I mean, this is like crazy. Burning the American flag and other cities around the world and the Jewish flag. I mean, this is just, it it is so out of hand, and people need to start saying, enough. And I'm talking about political leaders. They need to have the courage to say, this is not the way that people should act in our country. And Mayor Eric Adams had this to say a little bit ago. Take a listen to what he said. You can't embolden those people who are watching what's playing out in New York City. People come from all over the country. A lot of our agitators are outside people who come from all over the country and embed themselves into peaceful protests to rile up the crowd. Yeah, they're like these professional protesters. And in fact, one of the things that the mayor was talking about, it was really interesting because he was saying that these are like sort of a small group are committing the same protests over and over and over again. But 
they could be arrested for disrupting police, disrupting uh, disturbance. They could be arrested for punching police, certainly, those that did that. Uh, You know, I would call it a disruption if they're suddenly burning the American flag or shouting hateful, better, you know, vile language at other people. I would call that disruptive. There's a lot of things that I think authorities can be doing. It also needs to come from the White House. They should say, enough. And when he talks about it, sort of the same group over and over again, guess what? Uh, Listen to these. This is in Beverly Hills, California, of course, Los Angeles, very fancy schmancy area. And they were chanting about pro-Palestinian issues at the same time they were chanting Black Lives Matter. It's like they moved from one protest to the next. Listen to these chants. Black lives, we matter, eh? Black lives, we matter, eh? Free, free Palestine! So who's funding these protesters and why hasn't Congress or the FBI cracked down on it? We've heard that now there are some, you know, threats made to the judges in Colorado. Those that have said that Donald Trump should not be on the ballot. Of course, he's going to be challenging that to the Supreme Court. But they're able to investigate that. They said right away, we're trying to get facial recognition. We're trying to get any sort of, you know, electronic footprint to determine who did that and when uh, and be able to trace it. We're working with local authorities. That's great, by the way, because nobody should be getting threats, no matter what their decision is. Even though I don't agree with their decision, they shouldn't be getting any threats to them or to their family. But the FBI seems to be on the case when it's that. Or when there were threats to Sonia Sotomayor, boy, they started DOJ sort of cracked down. But when those threats were coming against others like Neil Gorsuch and some of the other very conservative justices, suddenly, guess what? Uh, They weren't really around. And now why are they not investigating who is funding some of these protests that are destroying American streets and elsewhere around the world? Clearly, there's people who are funding them. Why are they not doing an electronic footprint? Why are they not also looking into who's funding Iran? You know, who's funding the war machine that's being used against Israel? I'm sure there's probably some Americans on the list. Why are they not looking into organizations? Who is backing them? Who's funding them? They could certainly say, listen, you're disrupting America. This is not an appropriate use. This is illegal. This is disturbance of the peace at minimum, if not more, these threats Why not go after them tooth and nail? They know how to do it. FBI is very professional. For some reason, they're not looking into that. And that is, it's just stunning to me after all this time that it is allowing to happen to the point where they were pushing police in front of the Democratic National Convention. Remember the National Committee headquarters? Not that long ago, that happened. So that went on and on and on, right? And they were beating officers there in D.C. And then just a few days ago, same thing happened in New York. Why is that allowing to happen? Why is that continuing to fester? It does not make any sense. Let's go back to Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra, so sorry. Go ahead. And I know we had to cut you off about migrants. (laughs) It's okay. So regarding Eric Adam, I don't think he really knew how serious the job of being mayor of New York City is. You know, 
So I think, you know, he started off on the wrong foot, going on the shows, smoking pot, showing off his suits. He has work to do. That's not important. Work is what's important. Now, did I hear you correctly when I heard him say that he wants to go to the Capitol and he wants people in New York to follow with him? Did I hear that or or I heard incorrectly? Well, he said he wants them to go to Washington and they should speak to their members of Congress. He's trying to get, you know, like other people writing their members of Congress, calling their members of Congress, speaking out at rallies, you know, so he's not the lone wolf. I got to tell you... When I right when I hear that I think of January sixth and I say to myself I wouldn't go back there after what happened to other people they didn't even do anything and they're in jail for God knows how long look he has to do this himself I mean that's my opinion you know he got he made this mess now he has to fix it and I was also thinking Rudy Giuliani <laughs> he's a proven winner if if he was humble Eric he should be working with Rudy together to learn how to fix the problems in the city. If he doesn't know how, it's okay, but you can learn and you stick with the winners. Curtis Sliwa, another one. He should be sticking with people like that. That's my opinion. Well, you know, you bring bring up a great point because there's a lot of people that can say, hey, listen, uh, we know how to restore law and order. Uh, like right. you're talking about, you know, and people right. who've, who've been there in the trenches. You mentioned Curtis, obviously, with the subways and with the right. Guardian Angels. Yeah. You also I mentioned mean, Rudy. Rudy also, absolutely. by the way, Rudy, I think, offered also, if I recall, in the early days uh, to meet with them. And I think uh, this mayor, I think, uh, as far as I know, uh, didn't take him up on it. Um, he met with some others, uh, but he didn't meet with Rudy. And I think he should have, because I agree with you. Look what Rudy did. I mean, after 9-11, it was interesting. I was with some friends tonight and we were talking and they said, you know what? Uh, who else could have brought this city back after 9-11 and restored law and order and, and faith to the city um, and and just, you know, clear lines and we will fight you know, the way he worked with Governor Pataki. Uh, he also worked with Rudy Washington, who was with us on Cats and Cosby, uh, deputy mayor at the time. You think, of course, of President Bush at the time. Clear, clean, forceful. And also, obviously, Rudy had already done a lot of cleanup with crime and, and the mob and all that other stuff. Uh, so he was not afraid of going after terrorists either. And he knew what needed to be done. Um, and when there's a major crisis, and I think you can certainly say New York's in a major crisis in a lot of different directions, um, it shouldn't matter if the person's a Republican or Democrat, as long as they love the city. And I do believe Rudy certainly does um, that uh, that he should be uh, brought in for a lot of ideas and, and all good minds. Like you just talked about, there are a lot of people uh, that I think 1000 percent should be listened to and at least hear all sides, because that's the bottom line. We're all in this together. You want the best. Uh, for New York, you want the best for New Jersey, you want the best all around this country. And people shouldn't be like playing politics when it comes to safety. Uh, I agree with you. Sandra, thank you very much. And thank you for your patience, too, uh, sticking with us. You're terrific. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Hey, 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 hey. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
Well, there's a lot of troubles, and I have a lot of doubts about our U.S. southern border, and I don't see it getting any better in the meantime. Also, we're talking about the protests that are taking place across America where they're trying to disrupt Christmas. So they're definitely going to try to disrupt New Year's celebration. They seem to show up everywhere trying to block shopping centers, blocking bridges, all to make a point. And they think, I guess it's okay to punch a police officer because things got very violent when officers said, go back, stand down, and they didn't want to hear it. I guess they feel that they and they alone are the arbiters of truth. And these people seem to have no sense of decorum. And in the middle of it all, we have a wide open southern border. We haven't really cracked down on these protesters. We also have barely told Iran uh, where to go, and they continue to do attacks on the United States. By the way, in the last 10 hours, there have been dozens of drones that have been shot down by U.S. Navy ships because they just keep on coming, keep on coming. Uh, Let's go to Steve in the Bronx real quick. Steve, how concerned are you? Yeah, uh, following up on what you said about the illegal invaders from the border— with the illnesses. We had a case, as you said, of typhoid fever. We had earlier in the epidemic uh, cases of bubonic plague, which used to infect the Middle Ages. We have antibiotic uh, resistant uh, tuberculosis. No, you're right. You're right. There are a lot of things out there, and we are not vetting them health-wise or criminal records. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and also their families. Well, a powerful story from Columbus, Ohio. Carolyn DeStephany there knows that she doesn't look like a stereotypical veteran, but the core values that she's learned in the U.S. Air Force are in every inch of her. She said, those values continue to stick with me. To me, it's attitude and character that really count. DeStephany was one of 20 honorees and the only woman inducted this year into the Ohio Veterans Hall of Fame, founded to recognize veterans who continue to serve their community in different ways. DeStephany grew up near Columbus, Ohio, with the dream to become an astronaut by way of training as a test pilot. As a teen, she joined the Civil Air Patrol. That's where she met her husband. Then she graduated from Ohio State with an aviation engineering degree and joined the Air Force in 1991. Her goal to earn a pilot slot was waylaid when she found to be a half inch too short. She stands at 5 feet, 1.5 inches tall, with less than perfect vision. And it was around this time, however, that females were first allowed to become fighter pilots. And DeStephanie became the smallest 
female research test subject undergoing high-speed tests that had her withstanding up to 10 Gs. The test data helped lay the foundation for the design of future military fighter aircrafts that accommodate smaller frame pilots. She said, I feel like my data helped the first female fighter pilot become a fighter pilot. What a great, great story. And how beautiful that she was inducted into the Ohio Veterans Hall of Fame, all five feet, 1.5 inches tall of her. Bravo to her and, of course, all of our great veterans and their families. Well, we are talking about how dangerous the situation is around the world. We have a wide open southern border. We have many, many protests. And now we also have continued attacks on U.S. bases and U.S. troops. In the last few days, there have been a whole bunch more attacks in the Middle East. And there were some recent ones by an uh, Iranian proxy group. This is a Hezbollah group that was striking on U.S. facilities. Uh, They actually hit U.S. troops there in Iraq um, and injured three of them, one of them very, very serious. So on Christmas, President Biden decided to retaliate. But it was a very tepid retaliation, just like the other retaliations that he has committed. It seems like all the times that he even strikes back, it is very wimpy, very soft, And clearly the Iranians and others aren't getting the message because in the last few hours, dozens of drones have been coming towards the U.S. Navy there in the Red Sea. So guess what? They're still continuing because Iran feels they can take advantage of this president. This president is soft on Iran and others who wish to do us harm. And a lot of people are deeply concerned Because what are we waiting for? Uh, Are we waiting for them to kill an American soldier? One of them is fighting for his life tonight. Why not do preemptive? Why not be tough on Iran even by way of sanctions? We're not even doing sanctions, let alone a significant military strike. We've hit a couple empty warehouses, and apparently we took out some Hezbollah fighters. But that's nothing. That is nothing. And in fact, what we're doing is only angering others around the world. What we did was go after these facilities in Iraq. And tonight there's a report that the Iraqi prime minister is calling U.S. retaliatory airstrikes on Hezbollah in his country, saying it is a, quote, hostile act. So I'm really glad that we helped liberate Iraq and Kuwait uh, because they really, especially let's talk about Iraq, uh, Iraq. Of course, Kuwait has not wavered, I don't think, very much at all in their support for U.S. They've actually been a very good ally. And Iraq, however, is now condemning the U.S. for fighting back and striking back at Hezbollah facilities there, even though they attacked the U.S. first. And now there's been over 100 strikes on U.S. bases. And our president is just sitting there twiddling his thumbs and barely doing anything in return. And that is very dangerous when the U.S. looks weak. Listen to what the former National Security Council member Mike Allen had to say about all this. I'm glad that he finally hit back, but he should do it earlier in the cycle. His red line seems to be if a U.S. troop or a U.S. contractor gets hit, a hit injured or killed, then the United States will hit back. I would rather us hit hard earlier in the cycle 
so that we can prevent someone from being injured in the first place. So I think President Biden, as usual, is overly concerned about escalating the conflict with the Iranians, except the Iranians haven't learned anything from us because we only seem to hit back and weakly at that after serious injuries to our troops. Yeah, and it's very wimpy even when we do hit back. And Congressman Mike Waltz, who's a former Green Beret, said, what we're doing ain't working. Well, Brad, I think it tells uh, us and our adversaries and our allies loud and clear that deterrence is failing. Uh, We have put significant assets in the region, air defense assets, bombers, an additional aircraft carrier, and now have a multinational coalition of ships in the Red Sea, and yet the attacks keep continuing. Uh, And the reason is we're not hitting back on things that Iran cares about. All roads lead back to Tehran. I want to be clear, that's not for some major military escalation. You can use cyber, you can use financial means, uh, or you could hit facilities uh, as President Trump did or people uh, like Soleimani that the Iranians care about. But right now, every time you hear the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, come to the mic and say our number one goal is non-escalation or de-escalation. Tehran hears that as opportunity, that the United States is not going to hit back in a way that hurts us. And that's why you're seeing these attacks continue. And he also says, this is Congressman Mike Waltz, that you got to follow the money trail, something Biden seems just uh, turning a blind eye to. Israel is just going to be mowing the grass uh, in Gaza. It's going to grow back. Terrorism is going to come back as long as Iran is flush with cash. So the biggest thing the administration could do to help Israel is do a 180 reverse course, reverse course on its Iran policy, go back to maximum pressure and dry up their coffers that are fueling terrorism across the region. But we do not seem to want to do that. We do. But President Biden seems so scared of his own shadow. So this is a really dangerous place for the world. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Appeasement is not a strategy. Uh, let's go to Norm, line two. Norm, your thoughts about all this? My thoughts about this. Um, I, you know, I'm making an observation about these about these protests, uh, uh, the most recent one that was, um, I guess, in Rockefeller Center, uh, I, I'm seeing a difference. Um, in October, after October 7th, I noticed that the the most of the people I saw at the rallies were people, I many of them I recognized. They were uh, Antifa people, mostly white kids, black American kids, uh, mostly, and adults, wearing masks, and, um, you know, I would see them, I would see a pictures of them, you know, at these, at these pro-Palestine rallies. And then I would see them, you know, I, the, I remember, you know, these are the same people I would see at, at the anti-mandate rallies and the anti-drag queen story hour uh, protests that I, that, that I took part in. Um, this one that happened yesterday, uh, that was composed mostly of Muslims, Arabs, um, um, you know, I, I I don't see any of them. I watched films of it. I don't really see any any kids. Uh, you know, any any people that I that I that I formally recognized. 
Um, my guess is they probably went home to, to Iowa for Christmas. Okay. Um, but I definitely see actually less and less people protesting. I mean, the one that yesterday was something like they said 300 to 500. Um, you know, anyway, it's still I, a lot think, of people. It's to, and again, but, yeah, it's a lot. but, it's, but it's, you know what's interesting, Norm? The one yesterday where uh, there was one where they were punching officers. So yes, no, that's a bad situation. Right. So There's so no, even no if even if some went home to Iowa, uh, others came to New York and they let their fists be oh, yeah, told. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like, but but I I hear what you're saying. So do you believe are they fair weather? Yeah. You know what's interesting. Um, yes, on I think, rainy I think days, white, you don't think, see them. You don't see them that much on rainy days. You know. Yeah. Um. I think I think these uh I think these board. You know, kids going to wherever, going to Harvard and stuff. I think that they're they're moving on to other things. I think they're I think they're prepping to hate Trump more. Uh, they're prepping for other things. And what I'm starting to see is I think the Palestine thing is going to be almost exclusively Muslims, which I would expect. Right. Um, right. Now, yeah. let me let me ask you a question, Norm. Do you believe the rhetoric is the same, and how does that change the dynamics in terms of, uh, and even just from security standpoint or threat to America standpoint? Because some of the stuff is really vile, like when you see them burning the American flag and burning the sure. Israeli flag. It's that it, to sure. me, there's something so do, distasteful. That, that's that's the Muslim thing that they do. Yeah, and it's they disgusting. Do it's disgusting, they the and they do flag. it in our America. But but they're doing it on American soil, Norm. That's where you That's know. True. Give me a break. I don't like it anywhere, but I don't like it in American soil. Right. They wear kafias, which is like you know they wear they wear this whole you know militant thing going on there. Uh, I look. I don't know. I, am I worried they're going to bomb things? I don't know. Uh, maybe some unstable mind might. But I don't, I don't think I think the bulk of them will not. Uh, they're going to throw red paint on uh, and they will fight the cops. Uh, you know, I mean, that's and you know, they'll block the look, roadways everybody. and they'll block the bridges, Norm. And and by the way, I'm happy you're saying that, too. I I still just don't like the disturbances in general. Yeah. Um, but I'm I am very worried about and, and listen, and I said this, I don't like what they're saying. Uh, they do mm-hmm. have allow they are allowed to say certain things. But the fact that where where is, you know, and I was, you know, I was on earlier at four o'clock filling in for Bo. I'll be on tomorrow, by the way, on WABC, guys, again, all week, um, which is fun. And one of the callers brought up a great point, Norm, and said, where are the, you know, the, you know, the permits to march? You know, you're supposed to get a permit. Where are, you know, what about disrupting the peace? It's still disrupting right. if you're I chanting. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, so so I I I do blame leadership for not cracking down um, on a separate issue. Norm, I am very worried about also what's happening at our border because it's that sort of cauldron of some of the hate that's being spewed or said at those mm-hmm. rallies, um, and then you've got much more. You know, you've got the obviously very vile threats coming from Iran and elsewhere. Right. And then you've got a wide open border. I mean, that that's that is a formula for catastrophe norm. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're very vulnerable. Um, but uh, you know, I think it, it's much more likely an act of terrorism not to occur from these. I mean, look, I, I'm just I'm just guessing here. But you know, I, I, I'm not a terrorism expert. But you know, I, I think I think it's much more likely that some sort of terrorism thing is going to come from 
who's who's sympathetic with the, with with the you know extreme Muslim you know extremism. Um, it's going to come from somebody who looks like a boring accountant wearing a three piece suit. Wow. Uh, and by the way, that's yeah, even scarier, I, Norm, too, you know, we, we, you know, yeah. because uh, there's a lot of boring accountants with three piece suits around, you know. I, and so that yeah. makes it that that makes it, I think, in many ways, even more difficult. But you're right. There's a lot of things, you know, people who look, you know, just sort of melding in uh, who maybe aren't there protesting. But you're right. Just maybe is a little off um, and or or has violent tendencies, like you said, uh, you know, it's it's a scary. There's a lot of things out there. And that's why. When the FBI director the other day was talking about all these alarm bells kind of going off like a Christmas tree, it's not just to your point, um, you know, potentially uh, somebody over there, you know, thousands of miles away. It's somebody here who's maybe a little unstable or somebody who is sympathetic, as you said, um, or, you know, or, you know, some lone wolf who's been planning or a sleeper cell. There's a lot of things. And that's why it's a, it's a very tenuous, tenuous time. Um, but I hope you're right also, by the way, about those protesters. Uh, that gives me a little bit of hope, Norm. Thank you. It's always great to talk with you. Let's go real quick to Dave on line three. Dave, your thoughts. Hi, thanks. For, thanks for my call on Merry Christmas, by the way. You too. Um, I, I think with regards to the border uh, and all the chaos that's going around, this is, this is all, of course, we talked about this before. This is not fear. It's policy. And they feel very confident that they're just not going to be held accountable. They're confident that the uh, Republican Congress probably will not focus on that. They're going to just focus on his criminal uh, behavior. And the Democratic Party and Democratic leadership, the real leadership, could care less because if they if Biden goes, he'll pardon you know uh, his son. He'll pardon himself. Nothing happens to them. And all the negative bad press that came along with him will go down the drain with Biden. And that's exactly what they want. That's why we need to impugn the, the Democrat Party agenda, because that's going to continue to live. And, the, you know, the, I don't think the Congress is holding them accountable. They have the China financial affiliate news media, which controls about 70, 80 percent of the uh, major news outlets. And, um, you know, they, they know and they have the federal uh, agencies, uh, law enforcement agencies, CIA, FBI, working in their favor. I mean, they feel But you know what, Dave? Funding. You you had a great point about the fact that um, Republicans and everybody, because it should be a, an American issue, not a Republican-Democrat issue, uh, but those who are not in support of securing the border, because it isn't just Biden, where are all the other Democrats out there shouting to the rooftops? The only Democrat I once in a while hear is uh, it's Tony Gonzalez. Uh, it's a couple of, oh, what's his name? A Cuellar, Henry Cuellar. Uh, who is down there, Democrat from Texas, because he's on in Texas, so he knows. Um, and he has spoken out about how concerned he is. Uh, but that's one. Uh, where are the rest of them? There's a lot more Democrats in Congress, and they're not speaking out, whether it's in the House or the Senate. And you're right, they're complicit. Uh, they're allowing this to happen. They know darn well how dangerous it is. They know how darn well dangerous these numbers are, uh, skyrocketing numbers. And yet they're not speaking out. They're just towing the party line. And that is really dangerous for our country. Great points, Dave. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We'll continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, boy, oh boy, let's see what happens when U.S. officials from the Biden administration meet with the president of Mexico and other Mexican leaders in a matter of hours. I would say nada. Uh, that means nothing in Spanish because it is a broma, a joke. I mean, I don't see any will on their end. And this is very very, very dangerous as so many things are happening on our southern border. Uh, let's go to Joaquin, line four. Joaquin, your thoughts about what's going on, because, boy, you is this what? serious. The, the whole problem is, is that, unfortunately, many people that voted for Joe Biden and for many Democrats, you know, they, they voted for this, but they didn't see the problem until it came to their neighborhoods, you know. And unfortunately, maybe they need to send some more to Stan's neighborhood so his eyes get opened up as to what he voted for. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say my, my hat's off to Mr. John Katsimatidis uh, when he finally got frustrated with Mr. Anthony Weiner when he actually he said that we're just keeping on going round and round. He basically wouldn't answer the questions. But I really wish that I could conduct an interview like that or a discussion because there's a few questions that everybody just keeps failing to ask. You know, and the fact of the matter is, is these guys like Weiner and all the Democrats that keep saying, oh, well, Republicans don't want to go for immigration reform. Well, no, all they want to do is process them into the country. They don't want to close the borders. And what the Republicans want to do is, I mean, they, sh- they should want to get rid of the uh, as make new legislation that if uh, a child is born in this country, they are not automatically a citizen, an anchor baby that entitles the whole family to stay here. Well, and you know what was interesting, the discussion, uh, and I did think uh, John had some great questions because we were talking with Anthony and we said, wait a minute, um, you know, yeah, he wants to re- get higher 400. I'm thinking 400. And that's what John and I, John's idea was, how about those 87,000 IRS agents? Why don't we send them instead to the border and hire border agents, right? Let's replace them for border agents and finally secure the border. I mean, this is nonsense. The Democrats are playing robodope, and meanwhile, the Republicans are saying, seal the border, protect America. It's an American issue.